Welcome to TribCast, the flagship podcast of the La Crosse Tribune. I'm digital news editor Scott Rod, and we are talking back to school today. And we're joined by Dr. Jake Erickson, who is a uh, physician at Mayo Clinic Health System La Crosse, and Andrew Jogham, who is a sports scientist at Mayo Clinic Health System La Crosse. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. And we're also joined today by Tribune Health reporter Emily Pyrick. Hello. Uh, you know, there's a, with school starting, there are a lot of people thinking, um, parents and students, thinking about getting ready for school, and oftentimes they're thinking about things like spiral notebooks and what kind of pencil to buy, but um, many uh, kids are involved in sports, and they should also be thinking about uh, that as well. What are some things that parents should be thinking about as the school season is about to begin? I think something real basic is this getting an understanding that we are a few weeks out from school starting yet, and this is a good time to start planning for that. And so we actually have a few weeks of lead-in time waiting until the sport starts to start training or start conditioning again is this going to set you up for failure. So being a few weeks out and thinking about those things and making a plan to kind of lead into that particular sport or activity and start getting the body warmed up, so to speak, a little preseason work is a key time to get started thinking about it. And I would imagine not not only does that make student-athletes better on the field, but also helps uh, keep them on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Again, one of the biggest things that we see when when people get injured is is either at the change of a season or at the beginning of a season if they've not had their body properly conditioned and just jump right back into it without an adequate ramp up or warm up period so absolutely and have you noticed that this is something that uh parents are becoming more aware of or these conversations that that you're hearing uh parents come talk to you about during their annual visits i think so um People definitely want to know what they can do to try to either increase performance or injury prevent. And that's one of the biggest things that we talk about because kids are just so busy uh, as it pertains to coming off a summer break and leading into a season or switching from one sport to another. And so this is absolutely a great time to be thinking about that. What are some of the, you know, for the people maybe who don't do what you advise, what are some of the risks or what are some of the common injuries you see in kids who maybe aren't coming on the field as prepared as well as they should? Uh, probably initially a lot of it's overuse and whether it's a running-based sport or a throwing-based sport, particularly if they've just been taking it easy, which is absolutely fine. We also want to take this time to remind people that these are high school and middle school kids. They need time to just be kids too, so absolutely okay to just you know have a complete summer off, not doing much. But as we get back, uh, if we've not done much exercise, having a little bit of a lead-in, so to speak, so as not to go right into full sprints or full distance running or 100% effort, Um, because that's when they're susceptible to overuse injuries like shin splints, ankle sprains. If they've not been doing many throwing-based sports, again, they can overuse the shoulder. Based on their age, they can set themselves up for a significant injury right out of the gate if that body's just not ready for the demands of essentially in-season volume and intensity. And, you know, I I at least have this stereotype of, you know, especially maybe for the older kids, high school will say, where they show up for the first day of football practice and they have a coach who is out there saying, you know, I don't care if it's 90 degrees and I don't care if you're in shape like you should be, you're going to be doing, you know, four hours out here and, and really putting the kids through the, the paces. Is that still the case or do you think coaches are a little more aware of these issues too and trying to gauge where their kids are at? 
Thankfully, I think some of that old school philosophy and, and training tactics is kind of going to the wayside, and I think coaches are a little bit more aware of safe training practices, especially under kind of warmer and humid climates like we run into all the time around this area. So they're a little bit more aware of some of the precautionary measures that need to be taken on a day like that. Uh, but I, I think there's always room for improvement and increased awareness on different strategies that can be incorporated into practice, whether it's hydration practices, moving practice times around earlier in the day to avoid some of the peak uh, warmer times of the day, and just what to do in the event where there is some kind of heat-related issue and how to get that athlete the proper care as soon as possible. Because, you know, we're only uh, weeks away from, from football games, really, starting here at the, in the, I think, third week of August, and practice, obviously, before that, and, and there could be some pretty hot days. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, there's actually something called wet bulb globe temperature, so there's some fancier temperature readings that we can advise coaches and schools on, essentially, that if, and we created in kind of almost a traffic lights um, system where it's green means really low risk, no big issues. Uh, based on temperature and conditions, a yellow condition would start to you know provide warning that, hey, we may need to curtail, curtail practice. Red and black would be kind of really extreme measures adjusting practice and what that can look like if it's very, very hot is providing water breaks much more frequently than they standardly would, not withholding a water break in that scenario to penalize a team if somebody had made a mistake or something, not doing that type of behavior and really just avoiding those really hot environments because performance is going to drop off. You're not going to get what you want to get out of your team by pushing them that hard in those conditions and you're unnecessarily putting the athletes and these kids at risk to really push them during those times and so as Dr. Jagum had said we have parameters that are readily available to all our local high schools and coaches that we can watch and we can predict those things and really it just means to be a little bit more fluid and alter practice accordingly based on the conditions and that might be as simple as keeping it at the same time but bringing it indoors or if it was a pad day and helmet day take off the pads and helmets so that they can breathe better and disperse heat better. And there were even, thankfully not recently, at least to my memory, but some fairly high-profile cases a number of years ago, I think one with the Minnesota Viking, that uh, hopefully reminded people that this, is, this can be pretty serious. Yeah, it certainly can, and we actually had the unique opportunity to meet the CEO of the Corey Stringer Institute, which is an organization that was formed kind of in the aftermath of that unfortunate circumstance because for one of the players. Corey Stringer was the player involved. Correct, yep, and from that came a lot of kind of advancements and research on different ways that we can prevent that uh, in the future and just provide a safe environment for athletes. So Doug Casa is that individual's name who came um, to meet with us at, at Mayo and he gave a nice presentation at UWL and met with a lot of their athletic training students on just some of the kind of up-to-date um, methods and treatments that can be employed in the instance of any heat-related issues and just how to prevent that as a whole. So it was a really unique opportunity to get to meet with him and kind of understand what they're doing at that Corey Stringer Institute. And, you know, we've been focusing primarily on, on high school age kids, but this affects uh, kids younger than that too, I would imagine. Yep, absolutely. And so nobody um, based on age, and we could argue that younger people and then older people beyond um, just the high schools are going to be at theoretically a little higher risk just with their ability to disperse, disperse heat, handle the extreme conditions. And certainly, whether it be middle school, high school, or an older adult that's on certain medications affects their ability to tolerate heat in certain environmental conditions. So absolutely, all those people can be affected by that for sure. And what services does Mayo here in La Crosse provide for parents who want to get more information about this? 
Some of it can be just as simple as getting an appointment to see myself or Dr. Jagum, just writing clinic for education. We always use the time of the year if someone's coming in for a pre-participation sports physical to do a lot of different education on this as it pertains to injury prevention, overuse injuries, and certainly um, heat injury as it pertains to practice. We also try to go beyond kind of the parents and try to get out into the community and just do some general education for coaches and parents as well as um, you know local areas. Just to the more people know and have an understanding about it, the more they can do to kind of prepare on their own. And then hopefully we're preventing you know injuries and you know heaven forbid a, a major injury like a um, Corey Stringer. But you'd much rather have those conversations ahead of time versus them in the ER on a, on, a, on a some hot summer evening. Absolutely. And one of the things just along those lines that we've done, as Dr. Jagum had mentioned, um, is we do partner with uh, local universities and schools when we can, um, but uh, this underscores the critical importance of the athletic trainers that are out on the field uh, working with these athletes day in and day out, and uh, particularly at our local universities, UW Lacrosse, that we partner and work with. All of their athletes are trained and have a, a good understanding and know exactly how to manage and first recognize a heat injury and manage it appropriately, because it's really that initial on-site or on-field or on-the-track management of a lot of these conditions that really is the game-changer that makes a difference if they're getting a ride home with mom or dad or an ambulance ride to the emergency room. Well, this is something I'm sure all parents think about, and it sounds like the two of you are a, a terrific resource if they have more questions. Yeah, absolutely. People can always reach out to, reach out to us, uh, set up an appointment, uh, and then also kind of keep an eye open for different opportunities that we're doing in the community to come kind of meet with us and, and learn about some of the things we do. We have one coming up in the near future where we're partnering with the YMCA and kind of co-hosting the injury clinic there. So just an example of some of the things that we're doing where people can come out and kind of get an idea of, of some of the services that we offer and ways that we can we can help. Well, terrific. Well, Andrew and Jake, thanks for joining us and uh, your expertise is appreciated. Thank you. Thank you.